number of places this scripture is repeated. David's song of praise, um, when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of his enemies and the hand of Saul. And uh, he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. What do you think? Hmm? Hmm? Anybody agree? Okay. So at certain points when you're allowed to speak, this is one of them. Yeah? <laughs> the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. See, when David says this, it's actually for us all. Uh, Everything that's here in the Word of God has application to us. Uh, we're able to take this and receive this and declare this, which is uh, part of the wonder of the living Word of God. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold, my refuge and my saviour. Amen? Good stuff? Like it? Believe it? Hmm? Three people believed it. That's good. Believe it. No, not leave it. Believe it. I'll move the microphone up a bit higher. <laughs> All right. Goes on through, then comes to this. He brought me out into a spacious place, a large place, a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. That's that the reason. He delighted in me. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And he brought me into this large place. Delivered us for his purpose. So we've had a, a, a really a blessed time, a really excellent time. Uh, in these days, uh, time when we're finding that God is releasing us more and more in worship, hearing stories of uh, powerful interventions, healing, provision, changes in the deeper parts of people's lives. Um, much to be very, very thankful for. And uh, then we've had over this period of time... Uh, that week of prayer, God speaking to us and accessing his presence and the gratitude gallery that helped us in that and then the time when we were uh, celebrating at Christmas with the carol event and then the time of celebration and New Year. I mean, a very, very good and, and, and blessed time, a time to enjoy God and his presence. Well, at least, let me put it like this, a time I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Who's enjoyed this time? Yeah. yeah, of course we have. Of course we have. Praise God. Now, uh, we don't camp here. This is not our resting place. We're looking under God's word and God's direction into this, into this large place. We're peeping over the wall. We're exploring 
what has God got? Because we're not a people that camp out on a particular point of celebration. We celebrate, we're very grateful, we're thankful to God. But God is a God that is a, a God of, of change, of movement, of enlargement, of development. And God is engaged in that with us at this time. So we're looking uh, and exploring what is this, this large place? What is it like to live in this land? And uh, what, what adjustments, what requirements does it make? And of course, in order to do that, we seek God. We seek God and recognize uh, that prayer is a vitally important thing. And when we come together, uh, all together, this Tuesday, the first Tuesday prayer, we're going to particularly be focusing on this seeking so that we walk and, and don't veer to the left or right, but, but walk accurately before him. We walk in his will. We see what he wants, but... As we also draw on the prophetic input, we're seeing that there's some, God's beginning to indicate some changes that we can't quite get, we don't know the specifics on it, but we're, we're sensing there's some things that he's saying. So we recognize that God has given certain uh, avenues to us, certain uh, gifts to us, we draw on those, one of those was uh, over the years has been Hugh Osgood and we asked him to come amongst us last weekend uh, when we spent that time as leaders together uh, for the weekend. And we had met with him some weeks ago as a core team. Recognise again that God has given him something and then of course recognise that God places his word and his gift in the body. So there's both the, the, the prophetic directional things and then what God puts amongst us because we're the members of his body and so what we want to do today is take a little time to try and pick up and highlight maybe bring some light into the things that have been said um, and I want you to really engage in that because um, much of what we do today is shaped out of what one or other of you heard or did. And if I go right back to uh, community projects, uh, sitting here is Teresa, supported then by Sally, and Beck Coles, who were people, I don't know they had a particular leadership role, but they were people who just heard God, a group of people amongst us, about certain things they should do which became God's initiating point into a major uh, areas that we've been involved in and what God has used us in in a number of years. I'm saying that, and that's happened a number of times, but I'm saying that because I want you to engage uh, as we share together. We're going to seek to kind of uh, download some of the things that are particularly uh, highlighted and then and as God speaks we may add various things to that but we want you to really engage in that whether we'll get time today to get your feedback but certainly as we come together to pray on Tuesday we need to be able to come in a, an informed way because will you join me in expecting that God does nothing according to his word except he first reveals it 
to his servants the prophets and that we expect that he will show us just what he wants us to do. And you could be the very person that God chooses to just drop that particular word in. So we're rejoicing. We're thrilled at what God's doing. We're enjoying it. We reckon that he's got some pretty good things lined up. But we're together going to find some specifics and ways and pick up what he's saying and doing. It's a kind of exploring. Yeah. This is great for people that like to sort of, they like to explore new things. It's horrible for people who prefer not to have to engage in change. But listen, God loves both types. You know, and we're all together. And, uh, you know, we kind of make a wonderful mix. Yeah? God decided that this is how the mix should be. He decided on the ingredients. He decided that he wants you. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Did you ever think that? He wants you as part of this. It's a very, very good thing. All right. So when we're coming together to pray, just remember we're living in days where we're seeing some very, very... God says something, or he may lead us to pray something, and we see a very... um, Like the time between hearing and seeing seems to be getting shorter and shorter. Look at this week. Uh, We didn't contact everybody, but those of you on the intercessors list, you would have heard... uh, of a cry that came from Hilton on behalf of Norma and her daughter, Jaslyn, uh, which sounded very, very serious. She had, was in terrible pain. They couldn't get uh, with limited health care there in, uh, in the island. They couldn't get it resolved. They did an operation. Um, then they decided they need to do another operation, which extended to over five hours in the middle of the night. And we thought, boy, this is, this is pretty pretty serious and Hilton was keeping us in touch you can imagine how surprised I was on Friday night when Hilton called and when I answered the phone it wasn't Hilton it was Jaslyn herself speaking to me I couldn't you know I felt after a bit I felt like the people that were praying for Peter and he's, he's going to trying to knock on the door and they won't let him in, you know. Uh, they couldn't believe it had happened. And then spoke to Norma. And we have to say, as God has given us the privilege of joining together in prayer, I don't know the full detail in the story, but we know you don't recover from a five-and-a-half-hour operation to sound like Jasmine sounded and be talking about coming out of hospital about the day after. Uh, there's a remarkable thing happening there. I'm just saying that so you understand that this thing of coming together for prayer in times like this, very, very key. All right, so um, our leaders are going to share something. Daniel's going to kick off. And they've all got five minutes. Ish. Ish being on the shorter side, maybe. Right, And after that, we're going to hear from... Um, Neil, Phil, Nathan, Hans, Avril, and me. How many is that? 
African no, 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 but by the modern technology. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big Brother's watching you. How many is that? How many is that? One, two, three. You kind of. Oh, he's, a, he's escaped. Yeah. Yeah? Well, time's not started. No, your time's yet. not started yet. No. Should we talk yeah. about, you know. Right. So that looks like six fives. Okay. Do you want this mic? Right, no, it's all right. Okay. Um, what I wanted to do is <clears> to, um, to whip us through some threads of what God's been bringing to us and, end and land, land on the part which... Um, I'm going to just move this over so I can see when I look that way. There you go. Right, Jeremy, if you put up the first bit. So what I want to do is, is look over where God's been taking us over the past little while. Oh, that's a bit small, isn't it? I'll read it to you anyway. It's more for me than it is for you. Okay. <clears throat> so what I want to trace through is actually a year's worth of words coming to us. And that's why I need to move at quite a pace. So, and as you can see, as I was fighting with my keyboard, I took the T of the. So it should say the brawl place, not he brawl place, which would be slightly sexist. Um, so, remember we've had these words about entering the land. I'm going to have to just look at the screen now because I can't see my own notes. Right, entering the land and the broad place. And part of the word is we came to go away together to, to clear sound. There was a number of things that came through. One was about the people. We saw the children of, um, children of Israel entering the land and they moved from manna to having to cultivate, from just having a hand-to-mouth existence to being co-heirs. They had to put their work in. There was a kind of work alongside of Christ. And we also talked about progressing ourselves from thanksgiving to praise and worship, that sense, that sense of that kind of, thank you, God, for what we, you've done for me. We don't lose that, but also moving into, thank you, God, for who you are and the worship of who you are as well. Good. Next one, please, Anthony. Uh, Anthony? Jeremy. Is it, I can't say. I just can see glasses. It's all... Right, um, how to be in the land. We'd start talking about that whole thing about possessing the land, the broad place. We've got to remember the land is not unoccupied. Uh, we have an alternative way to be. We need to be aware of the idolatry and the do-as-you-please religion. I kind of feel that really it, uh, expresses the world we live in today. I kind of do as you teach. It's, it's institutionalized. The whole, the whole of secular society supports this whole thing, that you should just do what you want to do. And we have got an alternative way to that. Good, next one, please. Then, you remember Ian Rowlands came. He gave us the example of Daniel. Interesting, he takes on a pagan name. He becomes the head of the sorcerers. But he doesn't eat or ingest. And, and he defiles or defied the, um, uh, the command of the king. And he continued to pray. We're starting to see that whole thing. We're being in the land, but not necessarily clearing everything out. So it brings us to our fourth point. And this is what Hugh brought um, in Psalm 110. And here I shall use my special eyes. Um, it says, not that I've got older or anything, it's just I've got to look closer because of the light. Uh, if you've not got an IV, this will appear different in some Bibles. And it's interesting, I've been studying this a bit. So, Psalm 110, it says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. There's something about it's not there yet, until. Sit at my right hand until. Okay? The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. It's all right, we're going to take it off again, Ken. I'm done, that's fine. 
That's as much Bible as you're getting from me. Right. This whole thing... No, I meant keep the, the lights off. Um, the whole thing is about the midst. Okay? Living in the midst, ruling in the midst, uh, not over. Often we get focused on... Um, we're Christians, Jesus is coming, we're going to wipe this lot out, and we're going to have our rule, our way, God's way, God's rule, that kind of thing. The whole thing that Hugh was bringing, or part of the thing he was bringing, was this whole thing about this, this time where we live in the midst, we rule in the midst. Our influence is there, but it doesn't mean about sweeping everything aside. For me, it reminded me of the thing in Psalm 28, uh, sorry, 23. Where it talks, um, the whole Lord is my shepherd psalm. But it talks about the Lord preparing a banquet in the midst of my enemies. Yeah? It's not swept away. It's part of, you know, Jesus can cope with rulership without a total obliteration of the enemy. There will come a time, but this whole thing about living in the midst. Now, this was really important to me because I've been wrestling for a while with this whole thing. Are we supposed to be kind of looking for Jesus to come and looking for an alternative way and, and saying all the world's way is bad and we, we, can't, we can't have to be separated? Or are we going to be like um, da- Daniel and Joseph and actually even supporting the systems which we know are evil? We know that's not God's way. And I think we see this whole thing. It's this whole thing of two things coming together. That yes, we can be godly. We can be in the midst. We don't have to ingest the culture, we don't have to change ourselves, but we can operate within it. And there's a way to find a way through. And I think that's a very interesting, very powerful part. There was a couple of other things coming up there. Uh, the whole thing about possession, possessing the land without dispossessing. So when we come to land, we're not, we're not clearing everything out. That's not the time for that yet. But we're having to work alongside, forming alliances, different things like that. Um, Hugh brought a very interesting thing about knowing when to campaign, which is saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, and when to lobby, saying, there's a better way of doing it. There's a better way of doing it. And he gave some examples of that. And I think those two things have to exist, and we have to know when to campaign and when to lobby. Often churches are focused on being salt and light, very different. But actually, there's also a call to build cities, to build functional things within, within the uh, place we dwell Possessing the gates was another word that relates to this, which was the gate, of course, is the place of authority, the place where decisions are made. That's where the leaders of the city would come together. And part of the thing there was actually having a place where we have the ear of authority, where we can speak into it. Now, we've got lots of examples. I'm not going to go into today where we're speaking into authority. And I think the final little example I quite like to want to put up there, he also talked about... Gideon's army, where people had to be able to see in the dark. There's all that covering of lanterns and things. They had to see his signal, even though there was no light. So that whole thing about being a people that can see in the dark. There are some people, some people are raised up, they can only see in the light. But actually, we're called to see in the dark as well. So that's <clears throat> the things I got. This particular, this, this kind of compromised position about ruling in the midst of our enemies. Feasting in the midst of our enemies. And find our way through there. I think for me, the thing that stood out, and I mentioned it to the leaders last weekend, that thing of possessing the gate is quite important. People come to you for the wisdom. And we have that wisdom. I think sometimes we take for granted the stuff that's been poured into us being part of this community, the stuff that we know, taking God at His word, 
taking what the Bible says into our place of everyday life, whether it be a work sphere or school or whatever. God has equipped us with that wisdom that comes. And that thing of Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dreams didn't come from him, it came from God. God just downloaded something to him, and in his obedience, he managed to basically save that entire nation, didn't he, from starvation. And so for me, I mentioned last week, I've been part of this business group thing called BNI for it's my 10th year. I joined it initially just to get a little bit of extra business in. And people sort of say to me, you're still doing it. John never mentions that, but, but you're still doing it. You're crazy. You get up at five o'clock in the morning to go and meet with these other business people. It's interesting because next week they've called me up to, to Manchester to go and speak at National Conference where I'll be speaking to about 2,000 BNI representatives. And my thing is, what's God got to say into the world of business? Because that's going to influence the entire country. And I can go to him and I can seek from him, God, what are you saying? In my 10 minutes in front of all those people, what have you got to say to all of these people? And people already started emailing me and sort of saying, I hear you're speaking. What are you going to be speaking on? And I'm thinking, I haven't got a clue yet. I'm not one for preparation, as my wife would say. But it's just that sense of we have something deposited in us that is valuable, that is precious, and it can speak into situations. I met with our local team not too long, just before Christmas. And one of the guys there was just talking about how difficult marriage was. And as I sat there and I said, yeah, it'd be really difficult if there wasn't three people involved. And they go, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, there's me, my wife, and God. And I said, I do not know how couples without God manage to sustain marriage. I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. And you could have heard a pin drop, because there I've got around me on this table, and they go, tell us more. And it's just really, yeah, it is interesting. And I was able to just unpack and talk about stuff. And for this one guy, I said, you know what? We have this book. I suggest you go and order it. And he ordered it on Amazon before he left. And he saw me about two or three weeks ago. And he said, Mark, you saved my marriage. We don't know what we carry. We don't know what we carry. And all I'm going to say to you is look for those opportunities to bring the wisdom of God into whatever situation you find yourself in. Because for him, just that one thing, me being here, 10 years of going to all those business meetings was worth it for him to say to me, you saved my marriage, because that's another marriage that's been saved by God's intervention. Um, <clears throat> you think about how much the Bible is given over to entering the, the promised land, and how much God's spoken to us through that and it, you can kind of think oh yeah it's a big part of the bible it's you know it's just what preachers speak about but i kind of appreciate that prophetic edge that that comes and, and shares with the journey that god's taking us through and so the thing that's been on my mind as we talked about entering the broadland is there's a word that god brought to us many many years before now um about barking being our jericho so i'm thinking okay so if we're in a broad place and we're meant to be conquering more how do we decide we're done with barking? And uh, so the, the idea of ruling in the midst, in the midst, thank you, midst, um, 
I think it was really interesting to think, okay, so it's not, it's not domination, but it's influence. And we've always had that thing very important to us about not just impacting individuals, but influencing systems. So I was really encouraged to hear um, from the Leaders Weekend Away what Hugh was saying about ruling in the midst. It's a difficult word. Um, and, and to think about how that applies to us now, that, that conquering Jericho is about how we influence, how we dominate. And the benefit of that is that it involves all of us. So it's really interesting to hear Beck's testimony today. Um, and that, that calling to rule in the midst, I'm going to use a different word, <laughs> within, 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 yeah, is upon all of us. So there's a responsibility for each of us to get involved in that, to think, how do I rule in my situation? And we are all involved in each other's situations through our contact with each other, but we all have a responsibility and one of the words that I, I used to use a lot on that was leading from your seat. Wherever you are, leading. Wherever you are, understanding that God has put you there to influence, to, to have a role. And that's one of the things that I always used to say to our young people. Um, and one of the things, again, that I was encouraged that Hugh spoke about was about youth reaching youth. And it, it's just good to keep that fresh. There's a current word of God. It's not just a word of God from 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But there's a current word of God that is about our youth reaching youth. And it, re- reflecting from last year, it was last year where God put on Dad's heart, particularly about reaching the children. And just to reflect a year on what's happened in that time and how our expectations have increased and how we're seeing children sharing Christ in their classrooms and with their friends. I mean, Dad said about earlier, you know, we're seeing things happen quicker. I mean, that, that's pretty quick. But now my level of expectation for what our children will see and walk in and grow up knowing is much higher than it, I think in the, in the church's history it ever was. And so to, to continue to have that expectation that youth will reach youth, that our young people will reach their friends, um, that's something certainly I want to be praying into and, and really seeing that harvest. Thanks, Nathan. Excellent. So as John reminded us, we started off uh, we, in this season, we've been talking about the land. Uh, look to the north, the south, and the east, step into the land that God has given you. Um, and uh, Hugh picked up on that when he read from the story of Abraham. And uh, I'm just going to read you these few verses and just pick up on something that he said as part of it. So the Lord said to Abraham after a lot, lot have parted from him, look around you from where you are, to the north, the south, the east, and the west, All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that anyone, if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could also be counted. So walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents, and he built an altar there to the Lord. Now, I'd never seen it before, but the first thing that Abraham does when he knows that all the land is his as he puts up his tent. God says, go and walk through the land. Go and see what I've given you. And he says, well, he goes and puts up his tent. And the point that, that he was saying was there was a kind of a security in Abraham that kind of said, I know this is my place now. And, um, and yet, what I realized is that somehow in me, I've been hearing the story a bit different. 
that somehow I had to kind of run around like the uh, proverbial fly. You know, I won't explain the proverb if you don't know it. Uh, to kind of get around as much of this land as possible. But do you know what? It's already my possession. It's already mine. It's already ours. You know, I thank God that I can be judged by his standards of success, not mine. I don't have to do it all. I have a life which I surrender to him. And living my life in obedience to him is what God requires. Not to fulfill every need. Not to do everything. Actually, what God needs is something higher. People that will be willing servants. I expected that God would only give me more to do. Well, I mean, you know. But actually, is God wants me to be focusing on those things which he is giving me to do, not on all those things. Ecclesiastes talks about a life spent chasing the wind. It's possible to spend your life trying to chase after some of these things. And God doesn't want us to be chasing after our inheritance because it's ours. It's completely ours. And it's, it means that we can come to a place of freedom. The next season is about doing things right, not just doing things. There's no prizes for business. There's no prizes for dead works. Those are things that we do apart from faith. But where there's faith, there are good works for me to do. You know, part of this thing of ruling in the midst of our enemies, for me, is about realizing that we don't have to take over. So in my own, in my own career, I've had to make decisions in the last uh, little while about what I might do next. But I realized that what God was saying to me was, actually, to be who I want you to be, you need to you need to make this decision, and it meant not it meant in the end not applying for something uh, which was on offer at work, because I can't I can't do all those things, but I need to be who God has made me to be, and you know what I can do that. I can be who God has made me to be. I can be that influence that is far more than my pay grade, because God's put something in me that is of Him, and isn't just management skill so that's my encouragement to you is it doesn't matter where we are in the pecking order in our organizations God's called this body to punch above its weight and uh, I know it's hard to believe that some of us could punch above their weight depending on how much weight we carry but but you know um, punching above your weight means having influence beyond that which is reasonable for you and God has called you to have that influence and time and time again, you will hear testimony of people that have been able to do that. Now, that's not the call for everyone. I'm just explaining how, that, how that's working through for me. The call, the call of God on our lives is to punch above our weight. That is true. And, uh, and I am really excited by the different ones of us that have got really major positions amongst us you know we've got head teachers we've got managers got people run their own businesses you know like mark was talking about with his bni thing that's a fantastic opportunity and that's tremendous but that isn't all of us but we can pray for those of us that have those positions and we can also expect that where we are god will give us the influence that that is his does that make sense okay
I went after, so I take all the extra time that was left over. <laughs> all right. Uh, I sat a few times drinking some cups of coffee, trying to prepare for today. John said we all had five minutes. Nothing came. Um, so I said, all that came is take no thought. I will give you something to say. And as Daniel came up, as the lights went off, I felt something drop. So I thank God for his faithfulness. <laughs> oh, I was blessed by what he said. So hopefully you are as well. Um, very interesting. When we were there, I think it was on the last day. Um, we were just spending some time thanking God for his goodness and what he has done among us. And we were just recounting some of the goodness of God. And quite interesting. Um, I am, I am often don't like to celebrate profile or, or things. Yeah. I'm just, that's, that's how I'm built internally. So I'm there and I'm struggling at the back of the meeting and we talk, thanking God for things that he has done and access. And I felt really challenged by the spirit of God. All right. You're having a problem with this, but don't you have something to thank God for? And quite interestingly, as I, I was in the back, but I was scanning the room. I was seeing the absolute faithfulness of God in opening my eyes to um, a whole dimension of life that three years hitherto I saw in some degrees, but since I've been here has been um, a real sense of oasis for me. And that has been in terms of, um, and I think I shared it that day, in terms of the marriages that I have been just observing from sitting in rooms like this in gatherings and seeing those marriages continuing to blossom before God and represent his goodness. Um, you know, and the thing that God challenged me on is that, you know that scripture, in, I think it's Psalms thirty eleven. it talks about he turns our mourning into rejoicing or something. That is not just... God coming in and giving you a kind of tablet just to have a happy pill. It's not a happy pill, yeah? It's a, it's a revelation of who he is. That's the transformation that happens. And as I was gazing there, we were talking about the lost generations and, and um, praying over those who are no longer with us and, 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 and that sense of expectation about those many kids and stuff coming to us. But then God has showed me Peter and Jeremy worshiping. And sometimes... Our mourning is, is a sense of us looking at the disappointments in life rather than the absolute goodness of God that he's doing in our midst. You know, we, we look at the, you know, I was shared on that before. We look at the cross and we see disappointment. Our hope is lost. You know, we are scattered and we don't see the eternal purposes of God that are being wrought sometime in the circumstances, whether good or bad, in life. And I think... The challenge to me was, Hans, do you dare look into every circumstance and see the footprints of God? And if I see that, then I can have a place of assurance. Um, if I call this script here. Sorry. Challenge, Bible quiz. If I say, your gates will stand open, they will never be shut, day or night, so that people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Anybody know where that comes from? Anybody knows that scripture? Let me give you another scripture. Yeah, I heard Isaiah, yeah. What if I tell you this? 
darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness. Everybody knows that one, no? And it's very interesting. And I'm using that to talk about that Psalms 30 position, that he will turn your mourning into joy. Let me just take the rest of my three minutes and read the scripture. And there is one negative dark thing there. All the rest is light. But that's the thing in life we choose to believe. Look at the scripture that we pick out in that passage. And look all the other things that we ignore. It says, Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people. That's the negative bit. Well, listen to all the rest. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons from, come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant and your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Your camels of Median and Ephah. And all of Sheba will come to you, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All of Kedah's flock will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebuchadnezzar will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on my altar. And I will adorn my glorious temple. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like dust of their nests? Surely the islands look to me. In the, in the lead are the ships of tarnish. Bring your children from afar with their silver and gold to, to the honor of the Lord your God. And it goes on. But the point I'm saying is when we read that scripture, or when we call to light in normal life circumstances, the thing we say, we hear about ISIS, gross darkness will cover the earth. We hear about Al-Qaeda, gross darkness will cover the earth. You know, earthquake in, in, in Haiti, gross darkness will cover the earth. The world twin towers falling down, and we gaze upon life, and we adopt a posture of constant mourning, rather than all the other promises that God listed in Isaiah 60. And that is, Psalms 30:11 is a choice. It's a choice. When God brings revelation and his word to you, what, you know the scripture that says, whose report will you believe? <laughs> That's a choice. So I want us to encourage us, you know, as I, what, what challenged me is, I started to say, you know what, God, I want to take you at your word. Not the scripture, at your word. The revelation that you have brought to me. I want to be accountable and be fruitful to allow joy and hope to be produced inside of my being. Because God's creative word that has come to me to give me spiritual life is not that I just repeat Isaiah 62, verse 2. That gross darkness will cover the earth. It is those things. And we know when we talk about wealth here and stuff, God is not talking about our bank accounts being fat. Yeah? He's not talking about bigger houses or bigger cars or bigger whatever. Because we know a lamb did not die. A man died. Yeah? So these things are figurative. So don't lay claim to these things from a carnal perspective. All right? We got to also see the spirit that is behind these things. And if he says the wealth will come to our gates, I read that as men's souls. The wealth that he has deposited in this earth. All the purpose he has declared in all these children that has left this room and gone inside there. He said he will bring it to our gates. This church has been going for almost 30 years. And these walls of this hall have not expanded, have it? I don't think. Yeah? But 
we could mourn all the people who were here and no longer here. But I could tell you, because I am one, I have come here only three years ago. So while we were looking in grief at those who are no longer here, God has been bringing and adding others to us and sending us out. Guys, it's what we choose, how we choose to look at the script. You can look at the story and leave with disappointment and live in a sense of loss, or you can look at the ever-advancing increase of his kingdom that has no end and take a position of rejoicing, of gratitude, and really giving God glory and praise for what he has done and continues to do among us. So that's my reflections. Thank you, God. They're so righteous, these brothers. Uh, I have to admit, I didn't expect them to be quite as righteous as this. <laughs> Keeping to time. Wow, this is a new day. Yes. Um, just while I think of it, uh, when we come together for prayer on Tuesday, normal time, 8 o'clock, but the guys are going to, you know, during the week of prayer, um, there was the opportunity to come together about half an hour before that or any time. That, that we feel that works so, was so good, and they're happy to carry on with that. So we're going to be available if you want to come uh, to just spend time in, in worshipping uh, before we start 8 o'clock. So from any time, 7.30 onwards. So I just need to mention that to you. It's good to see you all. Welcome. I know for some of you, picking up what we're saying is is difficult. Sometimes, you know, we, if English is not your first language, and or we use phrases, or we've got strange accents from afar. Um, but what we what we are talking about is not just about an intellectual exercise. It's about what God, the Holy Spirit will just breathe into us. God the Holy Spirit works because he's promised to presence himself here uh, when we gather in his name. So, uh, my five minutes. No, no, I got Avril's first by email. <laughs> now, I've shortened it down. <coughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm a born-again Christian. I wouldn't speak like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Heather, for offering, <laughs> offering to read that. <laughs> no, I, could, I could take that offer, but uh, I've kind of picked out bits so we don't repeat things that are already said. Um, but I do want uh, the significant points. Um, that God is calling us to demonstrate what he's like on the earth. Not to have meetings in buildings. We do that uh, as part of our uh, opportunity to worship, but that's not our primary thing. Our primary thing is to show what God is like. We do that through love, power, and wisdom. Now, the thing that seems to be getting kind of raised up for us by God is this. We, we understand about love, we understand about power, but wisdom... And uh, that's what God was speaking to us about over the weekend and before, and what we've heard today. Um, I think that if we went away 
and over these days could grasp that God will use us where we are to bring his mind, his wisdom. And sometimes that will not involve words at all. Sometimes that will be about an action. We are the representatives of the Most High God to show what he's like. And we have to, of course, decide that we'll go with what God says. Um, And sometimes that means setting aside our opinion. You know, we live in a world where everybody gives you their opinion. Yeah? Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's not your opinion that's needed. It's God's word that's needed. So to just step back. Well, I think this. Well, I believe that. Yeah, just step back. Say, Lord, what are you? What are you saying? What are you doing? What is your plan in this situation? Very, very key. Um, And part of that is being willing to stand apart. Not not in a kind of distant way, not looking down on people, but, but not being part of the crowd, not just carried along with some gossip or moaning. Um, it's always easier to do that rather than look for resolve and solution and let's not be carried along by media as well Uh, let's be a people who pick up what God's saying which is often very very different to what's being churned out so that we can represent him uh, and uh, see that it's in the purpose of God it's not just a kind of byproduct that we could actually Um, sit at the gates. That's that expression from being in the place of influence. And, of course, if we read again Jeremiah 29, uh, where God was correcting that wrong concept that was so popular with these people at that time, that they were just going to get out of here and have a happy time ever after, where God spoke about, no, I'm calling you to bring influence, to bring what I'm like into the place. There will come a time. Uh, for something else but that's what I'm calling you to to cause where you are to prosper uh, to do it good Uh, then we see that that has a solid biblical um, backing for that all right so just finalizing on that it feels to me much of what God's been saying in recent times is about equipping us uh, to move forward and one of the key things is about looking forward or having a positive expectation, which is what Hans was just bringing us. You know, to actually believe that God's got a great future for us. Yeah? It, it has an effect. Yeah? It, it somehow, uh, you know, I'm just doing the same thing. It's what I did yesterday. I did it the year before. And, uh, you know, I go to work to earn the money to buy the food to give me strength to go to work to earn the money to buy the food. I mean, dear Lord, we're the people of the living God called for such a time as this to show what he's like, empowered by God the Holy Spirit to actually be that, to actually be light in darkness and salt in the earth. And God's called us together and set him before us a great future. I am positive about the future. Yeah? Well, and hands, two of us, that's good. Looking forward. And again, over the weekend, we came back on the thing that we talked about, I think, the week before, and we had a prophetic word. Uh, 
and this whole area of mindsets. And uh, we've heard it again today. You see, part of that preparation is a mindset, an attitude, a position that is thankful in all things. And I think what Richard shared with us earlier on, how he can now see and thank God. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't comfortable. He didn't enjoy it. But boy, was God working out his purpose as he was prepared to yield to God. And I thought um, one of the things that I came across, and it it's really comes clearer in the King James, in Hebrews chapter 12, one of the things about mindsets and about looking forward uh, is forgetting the past, letting it go, letting it go. Uh, in fact, the term it uses, uh, let it be healed. It's difficult to look forward, constantly kind of dragging behind you something. Let it go. This is, this is in Hebrews 12, in King James. Let it be healed. There's a time to say, I'm no longer going to carry that and walk with that. That's a, a mindset. And I, ch- I challenge you, I think, when uh, I spoke, and I think the same thing still applies. What is the mindset that God is speaking to you about? That attitude, that position, built up over a period of time, maybe. Inherited, maybe. As a result of circumstance, maybe. But what is God saying? See, if God's speaking to us, it's for purpose. It's not just for information. What is the mindset that God is wanting to change? And then he's speaking to us about this new way of proceeding. Uh, Daniel spoke to us just now, and uh, one or two others picked it up about this ruling. Nathan was speaking about it as well, ruling in the midst. Midst. Yeah, in the middle of. No, it's too difficult. Yeah, yeah. Psalm 23 he set a table before me in the presence of my enemies there's a a place of rest a place of ruling Um, and this place that alliances you know when we looked at the story recently about um, David and Goliath uh, there was a whole new way of of seeing that, that battle won I mean who would have ever dreamt of a boy with a sling, like a catapult, and five stones. And he actually only needed one, interestingly. Uh, Instead of all the armour that was familiar, and all the armour that they would have liked to include. So, it seems to me, and what God is saying, we have to be very conscious to explore him for this new way forward. But a way which is conditioned by that idea that I can do all things through Christ. And anything that he nudges me to do, I am committed to do.